you ever just feel like you can't control anything that's going on in your life at any given moment and you're just kind of a a little wispy leaf reacting to every little wind and water gust that's thrown your way? Yeah, me neither. Um, So in thinking about that, you know, being in a time of huge transition, both inwardly and outwardly in the context of like, okay, I'm 22. Um, my brain still isn't fully developed, which is hard to wrap my head around <laughs> because, you know, everyone acts like you're fully developed and like, oh yeah, you're like full, you're legally an adult. Like you can make decisions. You can decide like what you want to do, where you want to be, who you want to be with in your life and pay taxes to the man and like justify like being good enough to work in some stupid job that isn't going to bring you any fulfillment. Things like that, you know, just common everyday worries that people think about. And as I think about that, um, it's a little overwhelming, but at the same time, it's kind of hilarious because it's like, what am I even, what am I even doing? What am I doing it all for? You know? And, and that question is only healthy to ask every once in a while. If you ask it every day, then okay, you know, talk to your loved ones or someone. But sometimes I like to walk in the middle of the road and that may seem totally irrelevant, but it's kind of empowering. If you've ever been in public and seen a car, you know, like, cars kind of take the cake as far as, like, hierarchy out and about, especially in a city. I'm talking about my experience in a city mostly. I'm not really going to walk in the middle of a road in suburbia because that is scary because them them people don't know anything about pedestrians. So they'll just drive, texting on their phone, and then boom. But in a city, especially one ways, it's so fun, so fun. And, and, and fun isn't the right word. Fun is a it's like liberating to walk in the middle of the road. Ideally, there's no cars around. But if there are cars around at a safe distance, and you know, don't test it too much, but I like to test it. I like to look at the car that's like coming towards me. Usually I do this on a one way, usually. And I like to like think about how they're thinking about, oh my God, what is this person doing walking in the middle of my road? Like I own this Ford Ford freaking explorer and I chose to make people think I look like a police officer and then they're uncertain and then I'm not I'm just a person who is a horrible person that buys the same type of car as police officers drive anyways um I like to think how they're all like confused like what is this person doing and I'm like I'm just walking like what are you doing why are you driving towards me like that and then like we don't actually have this conversation obviously I know you're probably a little confused but I like to test it. It's like, how close are they going to get to me before I am too scared to not move? And how close can I get to them before they're scared and they want to move? And it's just a fun thing because it's like, can, like literally what you're watching is a stupid young person engaging in a dangerous activity. But like philosophically, what am I doing? I'm, I'm like facing down a beast, you know, I'm facing down a, a multi-ton metal machine that could just like, boom nothing. And why am I doing that? For no other reason because I can physically. I have legs and I have eyes and ears that are pretty good enough to like tell me when to all right, get out of the way. But it's it's powerful. <laughs> like here I am trying to tell you to walk in the middle of the road for fun, but to me, to me this is real shit because it's like, what can you control in your day-to-day life? Not that much. We have a huge, Americans especially, like we have a huge illusion of control over our lives where it's like, nah, dude, you don't have any grasp on 
even like your survival needs. This past week, our pipes froze and we were without running water for like three nights and four days. And like, imagine that. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to take care of myself. Like in the truest sense of the term, like without my apartment building having running water, how can I cleanse myself? How can I drink water? How can I cook? Like I couldn't. And then imagine, oh my God, like some rogue nuclear powered nation is like, oh my God, like that one substation controls all the electricity and like water for this major city in the country that I don't like. Boom, gone. Everyone's like, oh my God, what do we do? So I don't know why I said that. Oh yeah, control. Like we don't have any control over what's going on. It's all it's all an illusion. Some things, you know, you control your reaction to things and stuff, but like even that, not really, not really at all. So what am I trying to say here? That's a good question. It's a great question. So why am I talking about walking in the middle of the road, facing down a car? You know, honestly, I wasn't planning on talking about but now I'm just I think I'm just going to run with it because it, the metaphor sort of works for what I'm trying to talk about and could I have said it in layman's terms right at the beginning yes but no you're going to wait five minutes for some weird rant and then we're going to get to the meat and potatoes so there's this uh, underlying rule of the universe let's call it I just came up with it. it's a rule of the universe there's absolutely no exceptions and basically the rule goes like this you have objective reality, call it the physical world, call it, you know, your projection in the mind, whatever it is, reality. And then you have um, this cool thing called a story. And you probably don't think about stories that much, like conceptually, but you consume stories literally 24-7 nonstop, even in your dreams. You're always either producing or consuming a story. And without that unique ability, humans wouldn't be human at all. We wouldn't have anything that we have, be able to do anything that we do. And fundamentally, there's this interplay between the physical reality that we live in and the stories that we tell about it. And what happens is, it's it sometimes it gets down to the chicken and the egg kind of argument, um, where we have the physical universe, right? It, however you believe it came into be, there's tons of stories for it. You got your biblical creative creator narrative. You got your your Big Bang. You got your uh, um, ancient mythological gods from all different cultures that work together and boom, created the universe. And so what that is, is a beautiful example of a story about reality. And the reality itself is what made that story possible. And it's this constant back and forth. And think about in your own life, when you are stressed out, why are you stressed out? Because you live in a certain reality with a certain set of conditions. And then there are stories layered onto that. So maybe you have a perfectly comfortable life with comfortable relationships, comfortable paycheck, you know, you're healthy, but you're stressed chronically. Why is that? Is it because of your reality or is it because of the, the stories that you tell yourself about your reality or the stories you're told by others? And so take the car and walking in the street example. America, compared to other countries, is extremely car-centric. We have big cars, we have trucks, we have big wide roads, 
we have huge like highway systems like every major city has some sort of either above or below ground like fast traffic system like cars 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 we love cars we love looking at them and buying them and talking about how expensive they are and it's it's funny right and that love for cars was a product of like what do I want to say here civilization growth basically like a city is getting bigger and the means of transport are requiring that you know people can move farther and quicker and you know you got your trains and you got your cars and there's all sorts of things but at the root of it there was this story that okay uh, people need to get around and we have this new technology that we've brought into reality that's going to allow that really quickly and then people who make those cars are obviously like oh, we want to we sell more cars because like these things slap and they're expensive. So let's slap some people with heavy debt so that they can get around. Um, and so then there's this narrative of, of people getting in the way of cars on the street, right? And funny thing, the term jaywalking originated back in the day when calling someone a jay was an insult. Don't know how it's an insult. Um, it's kind of funny because it's like, what, like a blue one, like a blue jay? Or what, what are you saying to me right now? But anyway, so people were called jays as an insult to like dissuade people from using roads because roads existed and then cars were a technology that were added. So now we have cars and people on the roads and then we're like, okay, that's a little dangerous, bad mixture. Someone's got to do something here. So then the car companies are like, let's start insulting people for walking in the street that was built for them to walk on. Let's do that. And then... People get insulted for walking the street, and what's an insult? You know, it's a story, basically, if you boil it down. And sorry, I'm trying to push the concept too hard. I just got to let it be. But so what happens was we have this new technology brought in reality, and then they're like, oh, my God, this is so great. Let's make fun of people um, so that they stop walking in the way of cars. And now that story has informed more car-centric development, which has further cemented cars in reality as being central to city layouts and people's choice of where, they, where they're going to live, how they're going to live, how much money they pay. Like a story saying cars are the best, let's do everything for cars, altered reality, and that reality now informs and and enhances the story where it's like oh of course cars must be the best because everything is about cars right make perfect sense which one came first though we don't know we were just born into it and now we have to like interpret our own understanding of you know do i want to walk in the middle of the road yes absolutely can i walk in the middle of the road physically yes absolutely should i mm, probably not well why shouldn't i well maybe there's laws against it and maybe um, you're not supposed to walk in front of cars. Well, why aren't you supposed to walk in front of cars? Well, because they could hurt you. Well, is that the case? Or is it because if I were able to walk in front of cars, cars wouldn't have as much power in the economic world, whatever. So yeah, did that make any sense? I hope so. I hope so. Because I kind of was not expecting to talk about this with that example, but I think it kind of works. And you could literally apply this to anything anything at all and so in the in the spirit of that let's do another fun example right maps and maps are what are they they're a story about reality oh my god amazing 
Where do, what does the place that you live look like? Oh, here's a map. Here's a map that's taken the physical world, geography, whatever, and put it on a map so that someone can learn a story. Oh, how many Dunkin' Donuts are in Metro Boston? Well, here's a map showing all the Dunkin' Donuts, and now you've successfully consumed a story about how many Dunkin' Donuts there are in Boston. You're like, oh, I'm a Dunkin' Donuts exec. Do I want to build more Dunkin' Donuts in Boston? And forgive me for saying donuts, because I know it's just Dunkin' now, and I feel like I've said those two words way too many times sequentially, but it doesn't matter. So that map of DD will now inform whether more of them are going to be built or some are going to be removed. And so a map is is a beautiful thing. And it's not just for Duncan, you know. Credit again to Professor Lucier for reminding of this fun fact. But in World War II, Germany invaded Poland. And forgive me if that's World War One, because I honestly can't remember. I'm like trying to remember right now as I said it, but it's already been said. So if I don't know, whatever. And so, and you could apply this to anything. Country invades another country. Germany redrew the map of Europe to include Poland's landmass within the boundaries of Germany, which you could literally do that anytime back in the day. And people probably wouldn't know any better because we didn't have rapid communication. So if I'm just a person and I got work to do and I rely on all my world news from the newspaper that is brought to me once a week or something, and I see a map of Europe and it's like, oh, where'd Poland go? Guess it doesn't exist anymore. So whatever your definition of reality is, you've successfully taken a story and altered people's reality to think that a country no longer has its sovereignty, which is a pretty powerful thing because Germany could have done that and just not invaded Poland right away. Like they could have preemptively drew, redrew the map instead of being like, all right, we're going to invade we're going to get Poland, and then now Poland is going to be re- re-edited on the map. They could do that beforehand, and the same effect would happen. It doesn't even need the actual action, because the story is powerful enough, and there's nothing to contradict it, because the, the, the nation is powerful enough, you know? And that's pretty wild. Pretty wild. So think about that. Another example, boom, 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 rapid fire. Dante, right? You probably heard of Dante somewhere, sometime. Dante wrote the Divine Comedy, and that it was a three-part epic comedy. Um, not actually like a ha-ha comedy. Comedy means like, you know, the the average citizen could read it without being some like well-read priest or academic. But anyways, the most famous one is Inferno, and Inferno was a poem about like the descendant into hell and like all the different layers of hell and the different rings and the different punishments and you know whatever you believe i don't think dante actually went to hell and then made a poem about it so he wasn't like yo what up say in tell me about this all right so first ring you got your your pridefuls and then you got your wrathfuls okay no he just made it up with his beautiful creative artistic imagination and to this day that was in like that was like closer to a thousand years ago than like 500 so long time and nowadays there like since then so many artists have like turned those words into like paintings and people depict his rings of hell visually and like really bring the life out of it and what that has done is 
made the common person at that time because Dante was from uh, Italy, which was like a birthplace of the Renaissance and like all these thinkers and, and innovators of the time basically like elevated global consciousness in a way, right? <laughs> I say right as if you're like right with the ear. I literally don't think I'm making sense half the time, but it's fun. Okay, so... <laughs> Dante was a single person who did a little cute art thing, and since then, he has shaped the way that millions upon millions of people, generations upon generations, have perceived the afterlife. And hell has been a concept, and that's obviously what informed Dante's iteration of it, but Dante took it, altered the story, and cemented this real, real vision of what hell looks like and whether you're religious or not doesn't really matter you can't deny that the afterlife holds a huge weight on a lot of people for the way they act and the way they exist amongst other people so this dude just made a story and then millions of people altered their lifestyle altered what they did what they dreamed of what they pursued who they loved who they didn't love all for the hope of avoiding this horrible image of hell that he has portrayed. And whether that was a direct, you know, one-to-one -one relationship, like, oh, Dante said that this happened in hell, so I'm not, it doesn't matter, because it's still there, and it informed the culture, and informed the general progression of a religion, and, what, and of a faith of people. And that's crazy! That's crazy! Imagine having that much, like, power and legacy just from a story and because because what did Dante ultimately do that our society would call productive you know nothing he wrote a poem pretty long one too so it's probably a headache to get through the whole thing right you know what I'm talking about and and he changed the world like crazy big time and that's pretty powerful and sure it's definitely not the same as like a car company insulting pedestrians so that there's more room for cars but it's the same concept and that's what I think is so cool about this idea and you can apply it to like everything 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 like look at if you're into like nature and the environment a tree trees are telling stories all the time and we know that because we can chop them down and look at all the rings and we can say this tree is this old this tree was exposed to this bacteria or infection and it fought it off and at this point in time the the story is there the story is woven into reality and the difference between like us and let's say a deer is that a deer is like reactive to reality and reactive to the stories it's not really as capable of like forging them and like pulling them all out and that's what science is science in essence is is science is a simple process of identifying stories that already exist in reality and we get more and more access to more and more stories through technological advancement through theor theories and, and knowledge sharing and everything but that's all it is that's all it is it's looking at objective reality and telling a story about it and then what's poetry it's looking at objective reality and telling a story about it like it's all the same it's all the same and whether whether objective reality is like physical or internal feelings or emotions 
doesn't matter because it's real and it's real enough to tell a story about it. And then the story changes how the real thing is, you know, you know what I'm saying? And God, like how cool is that, that our lives are so utterly simple in the midst of all the complexity, all the like scary deadlines and commitments and things you got to do or that you think you have to do because there's a story that's been put onto you like, oh my God, you're a youth in the United States of America. You better go to college or you're not going to have a future. Nobody's going to love you. You're not going to make any money. Wrong, 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 wrong. And you know how scary it is to deviate from those stories that people tell you and that freaking pound them into your head? It's so terrifying because you're convinced that reality is closed off in certain ways unless you engage with this narrative that has been pushed onto you right? I'm getting a little anti the man right now, but I think we all feel that sometimes at least. So I think I've, I think I've made my point and, and whether this makes any sense or not, doesn't matter because it's just a story at the end of the day, but just a story is not a good way of saying it because a story is arguably, arguably, and here's, here's where the, 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 um, lesson that you didn't ask for and probably don't need comes in where I like try to like say something profound that's not really all that profound but I think will maybe make your worldview different which is even if it's just a little smidge of difference a little smidge of like huh didn't think about that then we're good you and I are good we're great actually so basically right once you acknowledge this relationship and you and, and you a I don't know if this is a, whether this is the first time you're hearing or not but Think about it and think about how it applies to different aspects of your life. Depression, anxiety, love, families, all of these things abide by this rule of the universe that I just came up with. (laughs) Once you identify it, you can understand in what scenarios, what, what thing is most at play, what thing is holding the most weight. And sometimes reality is so crushing so crushing it rips the freaking life out of you sometimes it rips out the motivation it pummels you into a fine powder and maybe you're telling the right story but it's just like reality is so harsh or 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 the story you're telling or being told is brutal it's it's misinformed it's false it's deceptive it's self-destructive it's just untruthful despite your reality that story is going to hold all the weight it's going to weigh you down physically emotionally spiritually and identifying that dynamic allows you to intervene and to stop and say hold up wait a minute someday right (laughs) i'm sorry um (laughs) but it's really, it's cool because when you're like me currently, where it's just like objectively things are going pretty well, but like, damn, what's what's going on? Like, why am I not like enthralled with everything? It's because the story I'm telling is not reflective of reality or it's out of balance with reality or it's too harsh on reality. If I alter the story, if you alter any of your stories, you have the power to change your reality. And knowing of knowing about reality's weight on the story allows for you to be okay with things and to 
allows for you to allow things. So as always, I will cut myself off from um, excited repetition and I will leave you with a thoughtful quote from a gentleman named Christopher Ryan who inspired this sort of topic exploration and he says that the first human invention is still the most powerful who tells the story creates the world. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you liked what you heard, if you were captivated by anything at all, just tell one person about it. Don't even tell them about this podcast. Just tell them about the thoughts that you had. Spark up a conversation. Get some ideas flowing. Because that's what it's all about. So thank you again. Hope you enjoyed. See you next time.